0: Hey guys, this is Jonathan. I told you last week that we had some technical difficulties with the episodes we recorded a few weeks back. Uh, this is the first of those two episodes. Joel and I have done our best to eliminate most of the problem, but you are going to run across a couple of questions and a few places and answers where there is a noticeable distortion uh, in the recording. Literally nothing we could do about it without replacing that part of the recording, and in those spots, it just wasn't something that we could cut out. Uh, You should still be able to hear what's being said. It's just going to be a little bit annoying. It's a problem that I'm still working to diagnose on the back end here, but you can rest assured that it's going to get dealt with. All right, this is a fantastic episode. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it, so let's get on with the show. Recorded live in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Trivial Warfare. More than just a pub quiz, Trivial Warfare is your gateway to a worldwide trivia community. Join your hosts, Jonathan.
1: Take these broken wings, it's Mr. Mister. Broken wings. Son of a oh, beasting.
0: Man.
1: Chris. I oh. thought it was about a tree falling. I thought it was talking about a person going down. Oh no. no really? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Oh really? Carmella.
2: My vodka's telling me that no, they didn't.
1: And the answer is yes, they were in
2: 1854. Whoa, you lied to me! Well, <laughs> ben. Jonathan was
3: literally, he was literally about to break things. He wasn't kidding. Oh he was gosh. about to get it from his desk <laughs> and destroy something valuable.
4: <laughs>
3: and the rest of the Trivial Warfare Army for another week of fun and games. Now here's
0: your host, jonathan oaks hey guys welcome back to another episode of trivial warfare we are the podcast that takes the pub quiz out of the pub and brings it home to you my name is jonathan and i am here today with the best group of people i can imagine to my left mr chris hollister hello chris jonathan it's good to see you again sir welcome back my friend thanks it's good to be back on the warfare to my further left mr ben young hello my friend what's happening chief what's up with the
3: alabama shirt I just alabama first, I, I just yeah i just out of the drawer are man. you even a fan well i'm a fan of the state because i grew up there
0: okay that's, that's okay. a good it's a good answer fair enough it's a really good answer fair enough i like the muscle shoals
3: <laughs> yeah man go shores
0: right. to my even further left
1: Miss Carmella Smith. Hello, Carmella.
2: Hello, boys.
1: Welcome, welcome,
0: welcome. I have
2: my Atlanta shirt on.
1: Oh, is it, it is? <laughs> nice,
2: Atlanta. I said, nice. I was wondering
1: which what was United FC. I couldn't really see the Atlanta.
2: <laughs> Atlanta United. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: Awesome. We have Team uh, Alalanta over there. Al- right. <laughs> Alabanta.
1: Alabanta. <laughs> there we go. Is that Orlampa? Or-
0: yes, exactly. Okay, exactly. exactly. All right. Guys, I'm excited. Are yeah. you? Yeah. Our special guest today is the one and only. Matt Stevens. Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> Welcome, my friend. Welcome. Uh, good morning, everyone. So this is legitimately the Matthew Stevens who wrote the Warm It Up Chris song that you guys hear every week. He wrote my theme song. He wrote your theme yes, song. That's that's right. so excited. I so Matt, tell everybody where you're from, what you do, and um you know what? For fun, since you, my friend, are a musician, and I just revealed the first answer, that was stupid. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, anyway, tell us uh, what's your... what? Tell, Give us a favorite memory or a fun memory from, uh, from gigging and that kind of thing, if you have any.
5: Oh, boy. Um, okay. Well, my name is uh, Matt Stevens. Like you said, I'm from Rochester, New York, and I am a full-time musician and a part-time... I'm comm- I mean, actually uh commander of an army reserve band. Uh, so I'm in the uh, army reserves as well. That's what I uh, That's what I actually have cool. to go do that no, later. That is
0: pretty freaking cool.
5: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. By the way, I'm a little I'm a little upset that you don't have my rank available for the TWA. I would love to be my own rank, but oh, I'm not. You, so. you
0: want a you want an army reserve <laughs> band leader rank? <laughs> Oh no, I'm a, I'm a chief warrant officer too. Oh so it's a whole. It's a rich yeah. so You're
2: getting into warrant officers. That's pretty. That's a deep cut. I, you know what? I, I'm going to
0: be honest. I'm going to be honest. You sound more like a petty officer. To
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> Funny story that I thought of. Okay, uh, it has to do with the shirt I'm actually wearing. Can you guys see the shirt I'm wearing? Uh,
0: it it's a dude.
5: Yeah. A face. Hold on. It's uh it's a Neanderthal man. No. Nope. Planet of the Apes nope come on you guys i'm expecting more from you on this oh that's rick flair it is rick flair
0: oh, oh okay, okay i didn't picture rick flair in that at all <laughs> No, Hold on. we just described rick flair as the <laughs> end of the whole man and playing of the apes <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry mr flair can you see it now yes oh yeah, no, well, yeah now no. that
0: i'm looking for rick flair i see it but yeah. honestly his mouth is in the woo position yeah <laughs> and it it's kind of sketchy. It it's either a Neanderthal or Ric Flair, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Planet
5: of the Apes. So the the uh, this story I got this from uh, a bandmate of mine. He around about Christmas time last year. I don't know if you guys have saw this or not, but uh, Ric Flair posted on his website that he was if you spend a certain amount of money at his store, he would call you. Oh yeah, I did see something about that. So he we get a group, there's a group text that we're all in and he gets this text. He said, like, Hey guys, Ric Flair says he's going to call people. If he says, if we spend this much money at a, so you're all getting Ric Flair shirts for Christmas. So, uh, he spent the money. Don't tell his wife. And, uh, got us all Ric Flair t-shirts for Christmas. And then he waited up like till like three in the morning, waiting for Ric Flair to call, never called. And we're like, he's not going to call you. That's just a promotional thing. There's no way it's going to happen. So the guy works for a municipality here. He's a, he works for a parks department in one of the local towns. Okay. He, so he's in a town vehicle. So he's driving on the road. His phone rings and it comes up with no caller ID, but it shows the area code of our area code, which is usually what happens when his boss calls from town hall. And so he picks up the phone. He's like, what? What do you want? I'm busy. And the, the other guy on the other end goes, Matt, Matt's my buddy, Matt. He goes, Matt, hey, there's your boy. And he's like, what? What? What really? So he ends up. He's driving down the road in a town vehicle, driving past like school buses and stuff, and like just like not not, like no (laughs) care in the world. (laughs) It was Ric Flair. Ric Flair actually called him the next day. He talked to Ric Flair for about 15 minutes. Got told him about our band and that we do this. We do this bit with uh, the song "Blister in the Sun," where we during the break of it we all go Woo! and. uh, so we, we, and then we, t- so now we tell the story every time. So he told him about that, got him to give us a woo, and then hangs up the phone and forgets he's got an employee sitting next to him in the other side of the truck. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy, the guy was like, "What was who was that?" And he's like, it "Was Ric Flair?" And the guy's like, "The, the wrestler Ric Flair?" And he's like, "Yeah." He calls on Thursdays. No big deal. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, it, it occurs to me that this would be a, this would have been a great prank for the boss to do. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the, like the boss, boss, boss calls like, "Matt, my, my, it's Nate, <laughs> <laughs> stage buddy." <laughs> That's amazing. Very cool. All right, well, guys, today I'm feeling generous. Are you? I am. Ooh. I'm in a good mood. I think I want to give away two hundred and fifty dollars. Awesome! Whoa. I'll take it right now. Oh, I, I, didn't it's
5: even, it's I didn't even I didn't even know this was going to happen. Thank you so much.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so uh, I've done our drawing. We have three contestants, and they have submitted questions. So, Jonathan likes to do drawings. I like to do drawings. Yes. All right. So, are you guys ready? So, the way it's going to work: I'll do the question. You'll try and answer it as a group and uh, you'll vote on your favorite question at the end. Okay. Okay. So before we give away money, um, just so you guys know, Sebastian is here for the first time ever while we're recording, so it is very possible that he'll find his way onto this recording in some way, shape, or form. (laughs) Uh, Just be aware of that. I'm sure nobody minds too much.
1: Just like in our normal pub trivia. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All
0: right, here we go. Question number one. A ditloid is a type of word puzzle you might have heard of where numbers and letters stand for a common phrase, quotation, or fact. Here are some examples of ditloids. 18H on a GC means 18 holes on a golf course. And 2001 equals ASO means 2001, a space odyssey. What I want to know is, where does the name ditloid come from? (laughs) Uh, Some guy named Lloyd. Can you spell it, Lloyd? Capital D, lowercase I T, capital L,
3: lowercase O, capital I, capital D.
2: Nothing. <laughs> like literally nothing. I'm
3: right there with Carmella. I have less than nothing. I have a black hole.
5: Uh, like digital logistical identification. Sure. Because digits and lo- and logic, so it'd be numbers yeah, not and letters, digital,
3: right? But digit, right?
5: Digit. But what's a better word than logistic? Logistic isn't right.
1: Logic. Logic. Letters.
5: But it's L-O. Oh. So digit logic identification?
0: Sure.
2: Yep. That. Okay. We're going to go with that.
0: (laughs) Uh, The answer is that a ditloid is in fact itself a ditloid. A ditloid is short for one day in the life of even Dysanicevich. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and a what? novel by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. So A Day in the Life of, of Ivan or even uh, Denisovitch is a classic novel and it was shortened into its abbreviation, which was one ditloid mm-hmm. with the capitals and lowercases in the places that I gave. Okay. So So that (laughs) is what a ditloid is. There was no logicing into that at all. It was just
5: you do it or you didn't.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Question number two. You're about to get an education about wine.
2: Ooh.
0: Ooh. Vino. I wine all the time. (laughs) You and me, brother. You and me. Uh, When selecting a French wine, you're expected to know which grapes could be in the bottle because the bottle would likely only have the AOC. Or appellation de origin control a. <laughs> now, I'd like to point out that this person gave a French pronunciation for the AOC.
2: Can you still screwed it up?
0: I can't read it. <laughs> it's like a dot p funny looking e dot l a dot s j. Backward C with a line over it. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell am I supposed to do with this? Learn to read, Jonathan. I, I'm not even kidding. It, it's so weird looking. It's an, so Syncoptic. Appala- appellation d'origine Contrôlée. That's what you're getting from me. And in quotes in the parentheses says, protected designation of origin. I'm doing my best here. Uh, in order for the wine to be entitled to the AOC designation... The vineyard and winery must follow strict regulations for the planting, pruning, harvesting, and production of the grapes and wine. Champagne is actually an appellation. Appellation, whatever this AOC thing is. Uh, Not a type of grape. Champagne is known for its clear, crisp, bubbly deliciousness. There are three principal grapes used in the production of Champagne. One of the varieties is white, and two are red. Chardonnay is the white varietal. Name one of the two principal red grape varieties used in Champagne. Uh, Oh, boy. uh, Yeah. I do have a hint provided by the person if you're interested. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The hint. The Champagne and Burgundy regions have had a historic rivalry to provide the wine for French royalty because similar grape varieties are grown in both regions. A red burgundy is typically one of the two principal grapes in Champagne. So that's leading you towards a red burgundy type of grape uh, to get one of the answers. So
2: burgundy's not the answer because that was going to be my answer. Yeah. It is not. <laughs>
0: I was going to uh, guess Ron, uh, I, come,
5: Ron, I, come Ron from, I come from wine country, but all we have here is Riesling.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm going to give you an easier, a, a little bit of a different kind of hint. The name of the grape
1: is a... Name <laughs> A wine you're familiar with,
3: a type of wine. That's, what, that's where I was going. Right. Merlot so Merlo is what came to mind immediately. <laughs> yeah.
1: I got nothing. Let's
3: go with
0: Merlot. Possible answers are Pinot <laughs> Meunier and Pinot Noir. Noir. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Pinot Noir is the red burgundy grape from the hint.
2: Boo. <laughs> <laughs> <Bugundy>. <laughs> All
0: right. Here we go. Number three. While it didn't premiere until the middle of the week the 1990 Cher film mermaids was the film debut of what American actor slash actress they would go on to work with such legendary directors as Ang Lee, Patty Jenkins, Wes Craven, Tim Burton, and Barry Sonnenfeld. I'll give you one bonus point for you to name the movie. The person did with each of those directors. Holy crap. Wow. The main question here is, in the 1990 share film Mermaids, it was the film debut of what American actor or actress? That's the one you're starting with. The rest of it is actually more of a hint because it gives you right, a list right. of directors they've worked with in yep. the future.
2: You said even though it premiered on, in the middle of the week?
0: Uh, the first line says, while it didn't premiere in the middle of the week... The 1990 share film *Mermaids* was the film debut oh. of what? It's Christina Ricci. Act- Christina Ricci, yeah. Wednesday. Nice. Yeah, she
2: was Wednesday Adams.
0: And so the directors listed for future work were Ang Lee, Patty Jenkins, Wes Craven, Tim Burton, and Barry Sonnenfeld. Okay, Tim
1: Burton was. Um, Would it be *Adam's Family*? *Sleepy Hollow*. Mm-hmm. I said, who did who did uh, *Adam's Family*? I don't remember who did *Adam's Family* to be honest with you. But I think I don't think that's part of it because it wasn't good enough to be Tim Burton. You it got was the yeah, Seinfeld. Right. So Oh uh, Seinfeld, yeah. No, it was not Barry Sonnenfeld that got that did Adam I got Family. news for you. I got the answer in front of me. <laughs> Barry, Barry Sonnen Oh, I'm thinking of the wrong Barry.
2: <laughs> I couldn't tell you any of the other ones.
1: What's the other oh, okay, so Wes Craven, I believe, was Scream? She wasn't in Scream. She wasn't in Scream? Okay. I don't even know who this is. So I've... you don't
2: know who Christina Ricci is? No. Oh, okay.
0: Oh. All
1: right. Would you like to know the answers?
2: Yes. Yes. yes.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, Christina Ricci was correct. Good job. Uh, well done picking up the clue. By the way, uh, Ang Lee's Christina Ricci movie, or Ricci movie, is The Ice Storm. Oh yes. Patty Jenkins was Monster. Wes Craven was Cursed. Tim Burton was Sleepy Hollow. And Barry Sonnenfeld was the Adams Family and Adams Family Values. I did not realize Barry Sonnenfeld did those. Interesting. Okay. All right. So you can pick question one, question two, or question three as your favorite. Matt, we will start with you.
5: I would like to go with question three because I really enjoyed the middle of the week Wednesday clue. That was a great clue. All
1: right. Carmela?
2: Three for the same reason.
1: Ben? Three. Chris? Uh, We're going to make it unanimous. Three for the exact same reason. All right. Question three. The winner... Of two hundred
0: and fifty dollars is Christopher Liguri. Now, Christopher actually wrote an interesting story as a subtext to the question that I didn't share intentionally when I asked the questions. But I'm gonna out. share it. But I'm gonna share it now. Okay. Uh, just a quick note. When I received your email, I was sitting in a funeral for my friend Brian Tillison. Brian was a friend from high school who passed away at the age of thirty-five. He was one of the smartest people I ever met, and I know he would have been a TW fan if he ever heard the show. He was an officer in the Army and saw combat in Iraq where he injured his knee. He went on to leave uh, his wife and eight-month-old son. Uh, And I tell you this to say two things. One, keep doing the podcast. Brian loved learning. He traveled the world every chance he got because he wanted to see and learn as much as he could. God knows you have listeners battling their own issues. I hope it brings them the same amount of joy it brings me uh, to lose to you guys each and every week. And number two, on the off chance that I do win, I'd like the $250 to go towards his son's GoFundMe. I've made a donation myself, but the money would do a thousand times more good going to him. So we will be donating that 200 Well, that, that win is not a donation. That win of $250 is going to go to the GoFundMe account of Brian Tillerson's eight-month-old son. That's Very awesome. Cool. It's terrific. So... You Congrats guys made a good Chris.
1: choice. Yeah. Congrats, Chris. That was awesome. I I was rooting for it. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't say anything, but I was rooting for it. It was a cool question. It deserved a win. It really did.
0: It was a good, good question. question. All right. Now, that was awesome. And now this is about to be more awesome. We have a very special treat. Oh, is this With a win? Matthew Stevens, the man who wrote the Warm It Up Chris song.
1: My theme song.
0: We are going to have a live performance of the Warm It Up Chris song to lead us in. So, oh boy, without further ado, it is time for Warm It Up, Chris. It's time to warm it up on Trivial Warfare
5: today, and there's only one person who can warm it up for the TWA, and that's Chris, and sometimes Jonathan, and occasionally Carmella, and sometimes Ben.
0: Oh,
1: man. I got I got chills. Sometimes got this th- show is all about wish fulfillment. I got chills. <laughs> that was awesome. Are they multiplying? <laughs> yeah, they really are. It's actually kind of funny that you said it like that. Because you're warming up Chris Horses. Oh, you no, know it's Oh Boy. Is by Eric Philip. So, Eric, thank you very much. Thank you, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Eric said, I compiled a list of films turned into Broadway musicals. <laughs> wow. Not all the musicals were original musicals, but some are. I was thinking to give the panel a set of the of three songs from each musical and have them identify the movie and musical. Okay, so you're giving us songs from a musical, and we have to give the movie or musical name. That is correct. Cool. So, Matthew, yours are Suddenly Seymour, Dentist, and little shop. Somewhere That's Green. <laughs> that's Little Shop of ours. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> okay. Little Shop,
0: Little Shop of Horrors, bop-choo-bop.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> So, Carmella, yes. you get Chowdown, Shadowland, and he lives in you. Uh, oh, <laughs> I think I got it.
2: Um, I have no idea.
1: Okay, Jonathan. Lion King? Lion King is correct.
0: <laughs> wow. Oh, he
2: lives in you.
1: The sh-
0: and the Shadowlands are the, the, yeah, the dark place.
3: So I'm going to tell you right now if it isn't Wiz or Grease, I'm not going to know it. <laughs> All right. But give so, them to me anyway.
0: Ben, what's the one, what's the one by Eva Lynn? Not evil that's the whiz.
3: Yeah, but what's the song she did? Oh, don't nobody bring me no bad news. No bad news. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, Ben. You get Jeanette's showbiz number, big black man, and let it go. Why is going
2: <laughs> really, Chris? Why? You like really emphasized <laughs> big, big Black, black Man. man.
1: I didn't realize that I emphasized
0: uh, that. A little bit.
1: Uh, big big <laughs> black man.
0: Why, why did Ben have to get the one with big black man is what my question is. Oh, he
3: Yeah, that was, was by design. Um,
0: What was the third one?
3: Let it go. Yes, let it go. So somebody with Jeanette, somebody with a big black man, somebody saying let it go.
2: Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> um,
3: Porgy Ooh. and Bess.
1: It is not Porgy and Bess. Anybody else have an idea? Is it Frozen? It is not Frozen. All right. oh, so? There are no big black men But yeah, let it go. That's true. All right. Ooh, <laughs> The answer is The Full Monty. Oh. The Full Monty.
0: Oh. Oh. I don't know what that is. Let it go. <laughs> it's, oh, really? It's a really funny movie about uh, male strippers who are just normal dudes. That's why I gave it to you. Oh,
3: movie. hence The Big Black Man because of the big because of the male stripper part of it. Anyway, no, it's, right. it's it's actually it's
0: a pretty it's a, funny movie. It's a really good movie. It's very it's got a lot of heart.
3: Okay. I'll check it out.
1: Okay, Jonathan. Yeah, you will. <laughs> Jonathan, you get Good Morning Baltimore, Welcome to the 60s and Mama, I'm a big girl now.
0: Oh,
2: I know this one.
1: Well, you could steal from Jonathan potentially. Uh,
0: I don't know I for sure, but I'm going to guess Hairspray. Hairspray hair
2: is correct. <laughs> yeah. It's a John Waters movie.
1: All right. So uh, Matthew, you get if I can't love her, human again, and Maison de Lunez,
5: mayonnaise. You you're, you're learning from Jonathan's French pronunciation, pronunciations there.
1: Appalachian. I can mispronounce <laughs> words all by myself. Thank you. As consigliere.
5: Could you give me one more time? Can you read it one more time?
1: Absolutely. If I, can't, if I can't love her, human again, and maison des lunais. I got nothing.
2: It's Beauty and the Beast.
1: Beauty and the Beast is correct. All right.
2: Human again was a song that was cut out of the film.
0: Oh, I watched the film, the live action one, um, a couple months back. Oh, did you? It was nice. Cool.
3: I saw the last ten minutes of it.
0: I thought Josh
1: Gad was really good in it. Yeah, he
5: was entertaining. Josh Gad's really good in everything.
0: He was really true, good.
1: talented dude. All right, uh, Carmela. Yes. Land of Lola, not my father's son, soul of a man. Kinky boots. Kinky boots is correct. Nice job, Benjamin. These palace walls, somebody's got your back. Diamond in the rough.
2: Come on,
3: palace walls.
2: Come on, yep. diamond palace in the rough. Walls.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I right. totally know that. <laughs> that is, the, that is in, the giveaway in for the it. Rough. Somebody's got your back. Diamond in the rough.
3: Um, Hunchback in Notre Dame. Arabian
1: Nights. Yeah. like Arabian moon. Oh, okay, Aladdin is correct. All right, so Jonathan. You get, oh my God, you guys! <laughs> I know the Harvard variations and Delta Nu Nu Nu. Say again? Uh, be happy to the Harvard variations and Delta Nu Nu Nu. Okay, I really don't know, but I- it sounds like 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 maybe a legally blonde. Get musical. it? Get it, Jonathan? Legally blonde is correct. Oh my God! <laughs> <Wow>. You guys. <laughs> All right. So By
0: the way. What makes that super impressive on my behalf? I've never seen Legally Blonde. Oh, wow. That was context, yeah, I, I completely that context.
1: That's fun. fun. All right. So, Matthew, your last one in this Warm It Up Chris question you get Puxatani Pucks, uh, Phil, mm-hmm. Small Town USA, and If I Had My Time Again. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day is correct. For sure. All right. So, uh, Carmella. Yes. You get What Baking Can Do, Dear Baby. It only takes a taste. Waitress. Waitress is correct. Did you get to see what it yet? How do you know this? Okay.
4: <laughs> oh my god.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, Ben. You get. What's up, Duloc? Freak flag, and beautiful ain't always pretty. That's Shrek, right? Yeah, it's Shrek. Shrek is Dooloc. nice.
2: Job.
3: I got it from
1: Duloc. <laughs> You're a Duloc.
2: You're a Duloc.
3: Your your mama, a Duloc. All
1: right, <laughs> Jonathan. Your last one is raise your voice. How I Got the Calling and Lady in the Long Black Dress. Sister act? Sister, Sister act is correct. Sister all right. And everybody, that is your warming up, Chris, question of the episode. Eric, thank you very Thanks, much, Eric. sir. Eric, yeah, that that's, was that's really good. well done. Good job writing one. that. God, I feel good. <laughs> 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 and that's all that matters.
2: Luck good night, be everybody. Jonathan Take care. <laughs> all
1: right. So, today's
0: game. It is Matthew Stevens and Carmella versus Chris and Jonathan with Ben hosting, and it is time to play the game.
2: Wow.
3: You didn't ask me for a live performance of that.
1: Oh, oh please go
3: ahead.
0: Do you want to go ahead and do that? No, I don't. I'll do the background. Uh, you, can hear him do,
3: you can
2: hear him do his two variations oh, of Let's Get It yeah. On eight <laughs> times in a row.
3: I've gotten better at that. Thank you very much. Let's get it on. Let's get it
2: on.
3: <laughs> I recall, what was that? A remix?
2: Yeah, let's not oh, do that. Let, let's, let's get started.
1: Daddy loves you. Daddy loves you.
2: Daddy <laughs> could stay over there. Jeez,
3: Daddy. Daddy. daddy and mommy <laughs> can stay over there alright players. oh yeah y'all know what time it is this is Mr. Literature himself cordially inviting you to the game this is six rounds of trivia goodness three questions per round every right answer gets you ten points in the middle we'll take a pause for the cause and ask a midpoint question worth up to 20 juicy points after round six you can wager any or all those points you've been building up and take a shot at the final round it's a series of theme-based questions we call the gauntlet it's just that easy baby but this game ain't gonna play itself players let's get it on round one question one is money
2: money 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 money
3: thank you in August 2018, what corporation became the first US-based company to reach 1 trillion dollars in market cap? Sorry, I read that wrong. Which the first what corporation became the first US-based company to reach 1 trillion dollars <laughs> in market cap? And we're locked in.
5: So, it's um, it's got to be Google, right?
2: You're thinking Google or Amazon just cuz Amazon has been buying up everything.
5: That's a good point. Yeah,
1: I'm fine with that. Let's go Amazon.
2: All right. We're going to say Amazon.
1: Well, luckily, I read this in a business article just the other day, and I'm glad I did. Um, I saw it, too. So, yeah, uh, the answer is Apple. The huh? answer is Apple.
2: That makes sense. Uh, yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> well done, Chris. Chris Chris wrote it down while I was still, like, writing down the score sheet over here.
3: Your second question in the round comes to us from Eric and Ashley Sutherland.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Sutherland.
2: Hey guys.
3: And the category is Ben Murders a Hit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I hope it
2: is not a Black Eyed Peas lyric. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
3: I've it's got a feeling. It's not a Black Eyed
2: Peas Woo woo. Monday Tuesday.
3: <laughs> you forget the guitar part. but um Monday Tuesday. Okay. All right. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, name this 1967 song widely considered to be amongst the strangest in this band's expansive catalog. So I want you to name the song. Sitting in an English garden, waiting for the sun. If the sun don't come, you get a tan from standing in the English rain. I got it. He's a musician, Ben. <laughs> I'm supposed to not ask music
2: questions. I'm
3: having um, second thoughts. I
2: know it too, Matt. Yeah? But okay. uh, if you want to go ahead and write it down, we'll lock in.
0: Oh, he just he had second thoughts. Know, he had second just, thoughts. Uh, you might want to be no, able to lock it in.
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty solid. But if you want to, I mean.
2: So we'll wait for them. Uh, We're locked in. I'd like to be under the sea, yeah, in an octopus's garden in the shade. Pretty sure it's octopus's garden. It's a Ringo song. So,
5: uh, see, I was thinking about that too, but I I, for something about the the um, sitting in an English garden. I think that's a line from Losing This Guy with Diamonds.
2: Sitting in an English English. garden,
5: yeah, for
2: the sun.
5: I'm pretty sure it's Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. That might be it. Because I know, I, know, I know you're right, Octopus's Garden is, but why would he say sitting in an English garden in Octopus's Garden? That doesn't make sense.
2: Right. Well, not it that, is an not Octopus's Octopus's Garden. Not that Octopus's
5: Garden makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm about 90% sure it's Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, Chris wrote down two songs. He wrote down Octopus's Garden and Yellow Submarine. And I wrote down Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. So to me, I couldn't do it musically. I couldn't. I couldn't get the what, what's the what's the part of the song that's not the chorus and not the bridge. By the way, what the hell's the name for that verse? The, part, the verse. Thank you. I couldn't get the sound of the verse in my head. All I could get was Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Right. That's all I could get. And then as soon as you started singing it, it was like, yep, there it is. So I wanted to say "Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds," but I didn't have any thunder at all, mm-hmm. and uh, we went with
1: yeah. When when we had Ben reread the question back, and the question being that strangest, I think was the word that was used, and I was just like, "This is the most different song that they did of all of them."
2: It's definitely not Octopus's Garden and because so- that was on Abbey Road, which came out mm, in sixty nine.
1: Right. Yep. So- but our answer was Yellow Submarine.
3: All right. Yeah, your correct answer is. I am the Walrus. Oh wow! Oh, Kukuku is, is it I really more the, the song am Walrus? Three times. Yes, I listened to it just last night. Wow. Holy crap! Okay, because John we, Lennon. I mean, that's obviously one of the
0: weirdest. Yeah. but I don't remember that at all being in the song. Uh, it's, it's somewhat of a departure. I know that
3: from. line.
2: You, just, you
5: sang I, it
0: right, Carmela,
5: but I think but we it, just it, had the wrong yeah. song in
2: our
0: mind.
3: It's the song itself wow. is like four minutes. But the thing is, like, it's,
2: it's mostly instrumental.
3: I was like, wow! And then I saw the video. I'm like, what? Chris, What I'd, am I looking? For? I got a
2: Beatles question wrong.
3: Uh, and I'd like I to say we didn't <laughs> lose ground. I know. I'm happy.
2: <laughs> that it was win-win
4: win <laughs> to a
0: Beatles fan and a musician. We didn't lose ground. Yeah. I'm happy. Woohoo!
5: I'm man. I'm bummed about that. I was sure. <laughs> yeah. <of that. laughs>
3: you know, so I'm not familiar with Beatles. I didn't listen to them growing up. So, you know, I didn't have any pre prior knowledge of this song before I got this question. I so I, I don't know this band right i mean i know their song the popular things but i'm not intimately involved and so i pull up this song on youtube i'm looking at this video i'm like what the hell is this like, <laughs> this is like and i'm like what do these lyrics mean and then i did research basically the lyrics don't mean anything and i'm like well john lennon was just crazy but he was so good like the music and the way he sang it just like oh
2: it was a magical mystery tour
3: mm. All right, you know, all that the, album
2: was really weird. You
0: know, you know all the drugged out, crazy musicians from the seventies. Mm-hmm. They got there yeah. from that's the where Be- it started. the Beatles were the start of all of it. it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, well, I, I get the, it. They brought the psychedelics, they brought the Indian influence, they brought all the kind of the weird, trippy stuff that spawned out.
3: Yeah, I I fully understand that now. <laughs> listening to that,
0: it's probably not fair to say that they started it but they mainstreamed yep. it
3: i don't i know a little bit of music but Sgt. pepper seemed to be the album they seem to have written that before they went way off the deep super psychedelic because i can still like understand a lot of those songs so i think they didn't go off the deep end so after that but
4: anyway well, you
5: know, uh, i mean if you're talking about Abbey road came right back to almost just straight songwriting right so that was their last album yeah gotcha
0: They were done with it. They were tired of each other. Yeah, so much. They were like, let's get this over with. We're not feeling safe
3: to experiment. Let's just get this over with. All right. Your last question in the round, your category is this, that, or the other.
1: I'll take this. I'll go with the
3: other. So I'm going to give you, there's going to be three ways to get to this answer, okay? Minitab, Ben's favorite statistical software suite, was first developed in 1972 at what university? whose football team played independent football until joining the Big Ten in the 90s. The term Catch-22 was also invented by Joseph Heller, who was a former professor at this university. Okay. Chris, I think we're going to
0: be relying on your knowledge of the Big Ten to get anywhere close to this. Okay. Because I
3: don't know the other two.
2: The good news is, is I know that Joseph Heller wrote (laughs) (laughs) Catch-22.
0: All right. We're locked in. All right.
2: Is there any chance that you know who the Big Ten are?
5: I know some of them, and I'm 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 pretty positive. I always get this mixed up in my head, but I'm pretty positive that Big Ten is the North ones and Big 12 is the South ones. Okay. Um, but for whatever reason, as soon as she started reading it, Northwestern <laughs> came into my head. I'm wow, okay um, with that. <laughs> okay because um, i
2: i honestly have nothing uh, i know what okay. minitab is i've used it um i know who joseph heller is uh but i couldn't tell you who any of the big 10 are so
5: i don't know i have, have any other reason other than it just popped in my head all
2: right northwestern
0: all right we listed out a good number of schools and my logic was that this isn't going to be a school that's known for its sports otherwise it would have been in a conference before 1990s nineties. Mm. And so, when we listed out the schools, the one actually wrote, I wrote it down pretty early in the process because of my logic. Yes, you did.
3: Uh, and we went, went ahead and went with it, and it was Northwestern. Correct answer, you're looking for, actually for the Nittany Lions of Penn State. <sighs> wow, it is a school known for its sports. Darn. My logic was wrong. No Northwestern that is a good guess, though.
1: That All
3: right, score Check.
2: Uh, it's real easy. We have zero. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Bad in a thousand here. At the end of the first round, it is 10 to nothing. Uh, Chris and Jonathan
1: have a huge lead.
3: <laughs> they have the most lead. lead.
1: <laughs> I think Ben's winning with 20 juicy points. Oh, there you go. All right. Those, those are dry, those
3: aren't juicy. All or right. Raisins. Your second. <laughs> <laughs> who who brought these prunes in here (laughs) hey don't talk bad about prunes prunes are good Uh, they're good for you
0: hey man (laughs) regular is good all right good for you whoa
3: second round your question comes to us from paul pocket
0: paul cat who's in the next episode we're recording
3: good thing i'm asking this question now (laughs) and your category is sports villains sport villains dethroned soccer supervillain Sepp Blatter hails from what country? Oh, I like the fact that Chris is already writing. You feel good about it? Very much so. Bolo, let's do it. All right, we're locked in. All right. Help.
4: Ah. <laughs>
3: Can you spell his last name? Uh, Blatter is spelled B-L-A-T-T-E-R. That didn't help the at all. The traditional way. The traditional bladder.
0: <laughs> it's also the, the traditional
3: Sep. <laughs> oh, perfect.
2: Uh, I'm going to guess that this guy is going to be, uh, Scandinavian.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Why dethroned?
2: So it means there's a new supervillain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the most eccentric players is Latan. Right now he plays for the LA Galaxy. He used to play for yeah. the Swedish national team. So again, that's in that yeah, Scandinavian that's fine. realm. I,
5: mean, that's the, I got nothing. So
2: I got a Beatles question wrong. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a soccer question wrong. Well, I'm going to say Sweden.
0: So Chris wrote down the answer immediately, and I totally trust him, and we're going with it. Uh, but it wasn't a player. Sepp Blatter, I believe, was the head of FIFA. World Cup or FIFA? Yeah, he Which was the one? head of
1: FIFA, uh, and he was deposed because of he took a lot of money he's bribed, and stuff like Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was corrupt as all get-out. <laughs> it's
2: it's kind of FIFA's deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And I believe he is from South Africa.
3: All right. And the correct answer, what makes it so interesting, is that he's from a neutral country called Switzerland.
1: It's tweezers. Oh, Would you have gotten that? No, that I, wouldn't gotten, I wouldn't I'm have gotten that. I wouldn't have gotten How that. did
3: South Africa come in my head? It I starts with an involved.
1: S. Well, no, I think they came S. <laughs> sort of involved. Sweden. Maybe they're
0: involved yeah, somehow. Sweden
2: starts that. with an S. See, we're all in the right way. Well. we get
0: one point for using S countries? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll take swords for 200, Alex. That's S <laughs> words.
3: Your second question in the round comes to us uh, from multiple Jeopardy champion Rob Warman.
4: All right. Thank you, Rob.
2: Rob, Pro- Rob prolific up. Rob Warman. <laughs> yes. Prolific question writer, yes. Rob Warman. He
3: has been carpet bombing all of our <laughs> inboxes.
2: <laughs> he actually wrote us an email, uh, me, Chris, and Ben last night. and He's like, hey, um, I've been doing this for a month now. I'm going to see if I can go for the whole year. I'm like... It works Amen. for me. I got to write a set for tomorrow. So keep yeah. them coming. <laughs> yeah,
3: we we love
0: it, Rob. So keep, keep them coming, man. Rob Rob's actually going to get on the show sooner rather than later. He's uh, he's
3: pretty cool. I'm looking forward to having him on. So so one of the things that I try to do is, you know. He's a
0: colonel, by the way.
3: Colonel Rob colonel oh Ker- Colonel Rob Colonel Rob There you go. You know, so I feel like, you know, if everybody, obviously we limit it to how many people we can have on the show at a certain time. But I feel like if we can at least incorporate people's questions, that's a way for them to participate without being physically present. So we, we try Absolutely. to throw bones where we can. Throw bones. <laughs> we <We're> start <laughs> throwing people a bone. We're throwing you a like bone. There. bone where it's you can. kind
2: of a pretentious way to say it. <laughs> throw me a freaking <laughs> bone here. They're not, I'm not the a dog.
4: Hit hunt
3: you. <laughs> <laughs> They're not a dog. Ba-boom. The category is science. 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 What chemical element's English name? comes from the Swedish words for heavy and stone. I got two hints here. The first one is, its abbreviation does not share any letters with its English name. And the second one is, no, it's not a damn halogen. All right, so it's not bromine. (laughs) God, I hate those halogens.
2: I I think Rob's a chemist because he sent me a... a Is he really? Yeah, I think he is.
3: Just
0: because he writes chemistry
2: questions? No, he sent me a question that is chem- chemistry adjacent, and he had written something like, if you're a chemist like me.
0: Do you know what he definitely
2: is? Uh, a Jeopardy champion. A Oops. champion. <laughs> smart, a smart
3: dude. I read it again, Ben. Yes. What chemical element's English name comes from the Swedish words for heavy and stone? Hence, its abbreviation does not share any letters with this English name. It's not a damn halogen, right?
5: We're locked in. All right. So the first thing that popped in my head was gold.
2: Well, gold, AU, AU is, I think, either comes from its Latin name or its Greek name. Okay. So my guess was lead. Uh, Okay. Lead is heavy, uh, and lead's uh, symbol is PB.
5: Yes. The other thing that popped into my head for some reason was potassium. Hmm. Because that's K. And it's a longer word that may be two words put together. True. True. But I got no thunder at all on any of those. I was just trying to come up with, with right. elements that had different different uh, symbols than their name.
0: We need a thunder song. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that one. Actually, that is a great way to say that it
1: have thunder. It's like, look, dude. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so what you're saying is you're thunderstruck.
2: Anyway, back to the question. <laughs> right,
1: right. What, where were we?
2: Channel. Uh, <laughs> between uh, potassium and lead.
5: Yeah, I'm fifty fifty on it.
2: <sighs> Me too. I would just really like to get one right. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I just, I'd really like to do that. The only reason I'm leaning more towards lead is because lead is actually heavy.
5: Oh yeah,
1: okay. I'm, I'm I'm good with. We can go. We can go lead.
2: All right. We're gonna say lead, and if we get it wrong, it'll be all my fault.
1: Well, we uh, Jonathan actually kind of went or started in the same boat that you guys did, and the boat led him to a different journey so the first thing that i was leaning towards was lithium
0: because lith is stone but the second clue didn't fit at all then i just decided okay well the second clue means it's going to be one of those like lead where pb doesn't have anything to do with lead right those two pb doesn't exist in lead so i started listing out the one the ones that don't match and i got to tungsten which is w so that's
5: so Swedish, too. And uh,
0: Tungsten uh, sounds like ton and stone.
3: So we went with Tungsten. Uh, <laughs> Correct answer is Tungsten.
1: Nice <laughs> job Damn <it>. Right there. <laughs> that's my partner. So
3: uh, Tungsten, I think, is French, is known as Wolfram. Yeah. Which is where the W comes from.
2: Yep. Uh, oh, it's cool. <sighs> I'm sorry.
5: <laughs> well i mean i wasn't right either so
3: fudge.
2: i didn't say fudge <laughs> <laughs> all
3: right your last question this round comes to us from alistair bale thank,
2: thank you alistair. Alistair.
3: alistair alistair was fun to hang out with in new york by the way and new jersey awesome he he made he made it to two other trips and in
2: boston hung out with him absolutely
3: <laughs> good guy your category is business
2: It's business, it's
3: business. In 2017, Susan Fowler was featured as one of Time Magazine's Persons of the Year for her role in exposing sexual harassment in Silicon Valley during her tenure as an engineer at what company?
0: Oh, man, I suck at current events so bad. But I know this name.
1: Yeah.
5: All right. We're locked in. Nothing. I mean, I just got companies I can name that are Silicon Valley-ish.
2: Right. I mean, I know who she is. And I have a book about harassment in Silicon Valley and I haven't read it yet. It's called Brotopia.
5: Engineer means it's going to be something application based ish, right? Some some sort of software based thing. Right. So
2: I wrote down HP just to get it down.
5: Yeah, I wrote down Google, Apple, Mozilla, Adobe just Go- like
2: Google might be a good one.
5: Yeah, I think Google makes sense cuz it has to be a big enough one, right? That would matter. Right. It can't be just like some little software company or nobody probably would have cared.
2: Right, unfortunately.
5: Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: I'm actually, I'm good with Google. That feels right. Uh, okay. It feels a lot better than HP. Yeah. I'm just like, let's start with the company that started Silicon Valley. Um, Yeah, Google would make sense. Yeah. All right, we're going to go with Google.
1: Okay. All right. Well, uh, we actually wrote the same thing. We uh, we kind of batted around the same uh, players that you guys talked about, and uh, Google was the one that made sense to us. And again, the name sounds so familiar. It was just it was a struggle for me because it's I remember reading about her, but it's just I can't remember what company it is. To save my life.
3: So the work that she did as part of the uncovering sexual harassment actually led to um, the ousting of this company's CEO. I think is you think you pronounce it Travis Kalanick? That name is familiar, too. The company that we're looking for is Uber. Uber. Ah!
2: I didn't know Ah! Uber was in Silicon Valley. For some Ah. reason, I thought it was in Pacific Northwest.
0: Erg. Erg. All right. Well, at the end of the second round, this is... What's really interesting is this isn't like a crazy... This isn't a game where I'm like, well, these questions suck. It's (laughs) 20 to 0, and it's just low scores with really good questions. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... 20 to zero I'm going sorry, into Matt. round three. Oh,
5: it's okay. I mean, it's we're bouncing around it, too. We're, like, in the area yeah, all the, time. the it's just time.
0: Well, true story. You're only down by 20. It could, yeah. be, it could be 60 to 40, and you wouldn't feel so bad. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> it would feel a little bad. There
3: you go. All right. All right. Round three. All right. Our entire third round comes to us from Paul McLaughlin.
2: Thank you, Paul. Thank you,
0: Paul. Thank you, Paul. Paul, another of the New Jersey travelers up there.
3: Awesome. And the category for the first question is TV in Hollywood. t Hollywood. Actor Ed O'Neill's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame is located at 7021 Hollywood Boulevard in front of what type of store? And for two bonus points, name the brand of the store.
1: I love that answer. I love that answer.
3: All right, we're locked
1: in. Man, this answer is brought to you by Jonathan Oaks.
2: It's got to be a it's shoe gotta be store. it got to be a shoe
1: store, yeah.
5: He worked at a more budget, let's say, budget-friendly uh, shoe <laughs> store.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but definitely, it's going to definitely be a shoe definitely store.
5: Definitely a shoe store, yeah, but I would
0: think pay less is probably a good answer.
2: All right, so we're going to say shoe store, and then for our bonus, we're going to say pay less. All right.
0: We also said pay less shoe
3: store. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the correct answer is um, it is definitely a shoe store. And the actual brand is DSW.
2: Oh, it's a DSW. Oh, I was my
0: other choice. I wrote down DSW or Payless because DSW <laughs> is women's, more, more women's. women's shoes.
2: Yeah, that's where I get most of my shoes is DSW. Uh,
0: <laughs> we're off the schneid.
2: Yay, we got <laughs> 10 <laughs> points. <laughs> we got one.
5: Oh, sorry for, for Ric Flair.
2: Woo! All
3: right. So your second question from Paul in this round, your category is, I will eventually pity the fool.
2: i don't need your eventual pity
3: (laughs) mr t's first television appearance was on the 1980 nbc show games people play where he won a competition against others in his same line of work that was aptly titled america's toughest what i don't know the answer either all right we're locked in
5: is it uh is it treating your mama right (laughs)
2: <laughs> I love my mama
5: Pitiful I wrote down janitor for some reason
2: I don't know what he did before he was an actor I mean I, I know what either. his name was I mean he was Lawrence Terode Before he was Mr. T But I have no idea what he did Do you think he was a janitor?
5: Oh, why that popped into my head
2: mm-hmm. And it
5: may be uh, he, he played a janitor in some like spoof movie
2: Oh
0: They call me
5: Mr. Terod. I mean, I don't have anything else. I don't have any. I mean, we're taking a stab in the dark here.
2: That's true. He said, "Aptly named, world's well, that, toughest blank."
5: I got nothing. I mean, janitor yeah. is all I think about to in my head.
2: Uh, well, well, that's what we got. So sure, uh, I don't really like it. It's I don't think it's right, but we're gonna go I with it. Right we're either. gonna say janitor. <laughs> all
0: right. So I try to think of jobs where tough people work and um i immediately wrote down bouncer and chris immediately wrote down bartender and we had a very short discussion about which is a tougher job and we went with bouncer
2: you guys bicker like married people
3: they do yes but that's positive
0: married married people are good
3: <laughs> so you could definitely say that uh mr t took out a lot of trash but it was uh. the human kind. Uh, he was a bouncer. Nice, nice. good uh. job, Jonathan.
2: Different kind of cleanup.
3: Yeah. Um. So the when um, you guys
2: were
0: joking around. You went from janitor to bounty hunter, and I was like, "Shut up! <laughs> Don't go a step farther."
3: That's how he got all his gold chains. Is because when people would get into bar fights and he would kick them out. No. If it, if they had a um if they leave, left jewelry behind from getting kicked out, he would wear it. And so that if they oh, came back, awesome. hey, fool. well, it's like if they, he would wear it so that if they came back and they recognized that he would give them their jewelry back. But nobody ever had the balls to like come back to the same place. And so he just kept the jewelry over time, and over the years, it just built up into this massive collection. Oh, wow, <laughs> that's actually how he never bought. I don't think he bought any of that. It was he all had to like buy stuff. the big cross that hung in the front. I don't know, man. Come this, on, this is like the late seventies, bro. Like big jewelry was a, was a thing back then. I'm not hmm. questioning, especially him. gold. Oh yeah, I'm not questioning Mr. Even T. Even to yeah. this day, I'm not going to question <laughs> him. He loves his mama, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> Me too. Love Mr. T's mama.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: Mom, you know I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know she's,
0: like, she's like, I love his mama too.
3: <laughs> you're going to get a call in two weeks. Like, what? <laughs> All right. Your last question in the round category is public and private. Public and private. A New York City law prohibiting daytime construction on state roads was named after what controversial talk show host who ran for New York governor in 1994 before dropping out to avoid financial disclosures?
2: Hey, New York guy.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's New York City. That's six hours from here. What
2: about that? Yeah, but for the governor?
5: I don't think so. I got
2: an idea. Okay. <laughs> so the governor's for the whole state.
5: What?
1: I had no idea this whole time. <laughs> We're locked in.
5: All right. Okay. I just changed my thought process entirely when he reread that question.
2: Okay. Because uh, my thought the, was Howard Stern.
5: Yep. That's the category. Just changed my mind to Howard yeah, Stern. I remember specifically parts. he ran for, he ran for governor of New York at one point. Um, the only other people I had, I had Jerry Springer is, is not it because he was an Ohio guy. Right. Geraldo Rivera popped into my head. That would have been early, or early enough to be him, I think, or maybe late enough to be him. But I think Howard Stern is probably right.
2: Yeah. And, Um, I I wrote down Howard Stern because I'm, you know, i was sitting and go, I'm like, radio guy, he had a movie, private parts, Stern, so we're going to go with Howard Stern.
0: So Chris immediately writes down Howard Stern, and I write down Geraldo, and he writes down Phil Donahue. I had Phil Donahue, too. (laughs) And I poo-pooed Howard Stern... Because that's not a talk show, it's a radio show, it's talk radio, yeah, but it's not a talk show. A talk show is definitively a television show where it's a talk show.
2: I don't know if I agree with that, but, but anyway, continue <laughs>
0: i we asked Ben to repeat the question we we argued a bit, and then he came back to it, and he's like i feel I feel strongly about this and then he and he's talking about the movie, and then so Chris, what was your thinking?
1: well the book and the movie and I remember them talking about it towards the end of the movie and Jonathan said, okay, go for it. So we wrote down Howard Stern. All right. Correct
3: answer is Howard Stern. Yay!
4: Nice. Good <laughs> job, Chris.
3: Was the category an intentional clue? I actually said, that's why I said the category twice in the beginning.
0: After the third round, Matt and Carmela have 20. Chris and
3: Jonathan have 50. We swept the round.
1: That was a
3: good round for us. All right. Your midpoint question comes to us from Adam Holquist.
2: Thank you, Adam. Thanks, Adam.
3: Uh this is going to be about presidents. Presidents. Ugh. All right. There have been 7 US presidents who have served more than one full term but fewer than two full terms. For 4 points each, name any 5 of those presidents. More than 1 but less than 2. More than 1, less than 2.
0: All right, we're locked in.
5: So the ones that I'm relatively sure on, we got Lincoln for sure,
2: mm-hmm.
5: both Johnsons, uh, Nixon, because he was in his second term when right. he got, when he resigned. Who was the, I always get the other assassinations mixed up. Say, I want to say Fillmore or Van Buren. I always get those two mixed up in my head.
2: Um, I don't think Van Buren was assassinated.
5: There's one from Buffalo that was assassinated.
2: Well, mm. Van Buren was from New York, um, but I'm not sure if he was assassinated. I was trying to remember: was Truman elected twice? Because that was the one I was bouncing back and forth on. Because I had all he? I had all the ones you already list. I had LBJ and uh, Andrew Johnson, Lincoln, and Nixon. Yep. But I can't remember. Did Truman run for re-election after he was elected after FDR died?
5: Oh, mm, that's a good question. Was that a special election after FDR died?
2: Uh, no. Uh, he finished out FDR's fourth term. Wait, was he vice president? Was he appointed? He was a vice president.
5: Well, then that—that's it right there. I mean, that's—I I didn't. He definitely ran for president and won. He
2: did because that was that whole Dewey. The win Dewey, thing.
5: tree, yeah, yeah, exactly. But
2: I don't know if he ran for re-election after that win.
5: Well, it wouldn't matter because he finished out FDR's term and then did another term. That's one and a half. Okay. So. I, I, say, I say we go Lincoln, Johnson, Johnson, Truman, Nixon.
2: Okay. So uh, Lincoln, Andrew Johnson, Lyndon Johnson, Richard Nixon, and uh, Harry Truman. Hold on, that's hold on. Go with.
5: When was Eisenhower?
2: Uh, he was, was right he before after? Kennedy.
5: Okay, so that's after Truman.
2: Yeah, that was after okay,
5: Truman. Okay, then yes, down with, with those five.
2: Okay, that's what we got.
0: All right, so we had one different answer. We believe that Andrew Johnson only served a partial term. We don't think he was ever elected. Uh, we have Lyndon Johnson, Abraham Lincoln, Harry Truman. Actually, we had two different answers. Uh, we went with uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, we believe that when McKinley was assassinated, he served three years and then got elected for four years. So it would have been a seven-year term. And uh, we went with Nixon, who was elected for the second time before resigning. Uh, So Johnson, Lyndon Johnson, Lincoln, Truman, Nixon, and Roosevelt. And if I had to guess the other two, I would have said McKinley and Tyler. But those aren't official answers.
3: So your correct ones are Abraham Lincoln, um, Truman, Lyndon Johnson, uh, Richard Nixon, Teddy Roosevelt, uh, McKinley, and Warren G. Harding. 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 That's right. Harding, oh, oh! Yeah, the, I always from. forget.
2: You know what the G stands for in Warren G Harding? Gamaleel. Gamaleel.
0: No, it's mm. Gamaleel. Gamaleel. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, I always get the L and the mixed up. It, it's Coolidge who died in office. I yeah. always forget that Coolidge passed away.
5: Was McKinley it the 20s, was the one I was trying to think yeah, of.
2: Was yeah, early twentieth century. So it was after.
0: It was, in, so. it was in the twenties, actually.
2: Hmm. Yeah. So we we just missed on Andrew Johnson. So yep. we got four. All
0: right. So you did really well.
2: Sorry, I thought he was elected afterwards.
0: So did I. No, everybody hated him.
2: I know everybody hated him. He was the only other president to be impeached.
0: Exactly.
3: You know, I, re- <laughs> I read the reason for impeachment, but it didn't make any sense to me, I guess because I didn't have the historical context. Well, everybody hated him. Yeah. So there was that. But what was... What, what it did had, had something to do with... Um, I don't remember what it was. But it's, it's not like he broke a law, per se. It was more like... No, he definitely broke laws. There's a, there was some procedural stuff that he
0: did to try and finagle gotcha. uh, okay. actions. And while they might have given a pass to somebody who they really liked, they definitely weren't giving him a pass. Gotcha. They were looking for a reason to get
1: him. Gotcha. Okay. And Jonathan, I think it was Harding that died and then Coolidge took over for him. I'm pretty you, sure that's you, what You it know is. what?
0: You're, you're probably – you're right. Yeah. You're right.
1: You're right. Thank you for that.
0: Yeah. Uh, after the half point, midpoint, it is 70 to 36. Chris and Jonathan have a lead. All right, everybody, that is the end of the first half. But before we go on to the second half, I want to tell you that today's show is sponsored by HelloFresh. HelloFresh might be particularly interesting to you this month as we get moving in the back to school period. You know, as you're getting used to your schedules and trying to work out when the kids are going where. HelloFresh really helps to take the edge off by taking the guesswork out of what you're going to eat night after night. And some nights you need to move fast, right? So it's helpful because, you know, each week there's going to be at least one 20-minute meal uh, on the classic menu. You know, that's something that you can whip up in 20 minutes, be done, bada bing, bada boom, and everybody's happy. I had a HelloFresh meal the other day that really drove home the fact to me that I'm getting things that I typically wouldn't eat. There's kind of a a global eats kind of selection for authentic international dishes, right? So for me, it was Bip and Bap. You ever heard of bipin Bap? It's hard to say. In particular, this was a Korean beef Bip and Bap. And it had zucchinis, it had rice, it had sliced up carrots, there was mushrooms, there was beef. It was freaking delicious. I'd never heard of it, but I liked it. Meals like that really get you out of your rut. You know, you have the same old things that you always eat, but then you do that and you're like, Whoa. Maybe I should try more stuff like this, right? You get out of your comfort zone and you try new things. You try delicious recipes every week in your box. It really helps turn your time in the kitchen around so that cooking becomes something that you're actually wanting to do because you know you're going to have something neat or something interesting and you know it's going to taste good. That's something that I really love about HelloFresh. And now because of the back to school stuff, the offer has been changed up a little bit. So listen up. For a total of $60 off, that's $20 off of your first three boxes, visit HelloFresh.com forward slash TWA60 and enter promo code TWA60. I'll say it again, you can get $60 off, that's 20 bucks off your first three boxes, by visiting HelloFresh.com forward slash TWA60 and entering promo code T-W-A-60.
3: All right. Let's get going with the second half of today's show. Your fourth round comes to us from David Kendall.
2: Thank you, David.
3: Thank you, David. Thanks, David. Category is hithwe. <laughs> that's his That's his thing. Is that how you say it in Canada? Uh, that's how he gave it to me. So hithwe. <laughs> that's how I say it sometimes on the show. All right. We know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were there. there. Thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In 1977, what Communist Party chair and later leader of Russia ordered the destruction of the house where 60 years earlier, the last czar of Russia and his family were killed?
5: All right, we're locked in. My first instinct was Yeltsin.
2: Yeah. So I wrote down Gorbachev, Yeltsin and Putin.
5: That's um, the three I have written down too. Yeah. So
2: I think it's too early for Putin. I think he was still KGB at that time. Agreed. That would have been around the time. I am more in the Gorbachev-Yeltsin range.
5: Yeah, me too. I'm weird about Gorbachev because I feel like 77 was right on the cusp of him being, if he wasn't already in charge.
2: True. I mean, he was definitely in charge when the Berlin Wall came down.
5: Right. So 85, 86-ish, he's definitely there.
2: Right. So, I mean, Yeltsin was definitely an older guy in the 90s, so it would make sense. I'm good with Yeltsin. Let's go there. All right. We're going to say Boris Yeltsin.
1: All right. Uh, We had a similar conversation. We agreed that Putin was too young. Then we went down to a 50-50 between uh, Gorbachev and um, Yeltsin, and
3: we went with uh, Gorbachev. All right. Correct answer is Boris Yeltsin. Yes!
4: Yes!
2: (laughs) Close that gap just a little bit. Yep.
5: Just a little.
0: (laughs) We picked wrong, Chris. We did pick wrong. Yep.
2: She went with heads, not tails. (laughs) All right,
0: I'm a big fan of both.
3: Uh. (laughs) 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 All right. Your second question of the round is in literature.
2: Literature. Literature. Literature.
3: Literature. Literature. (laughs) 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 All right. Ian Fleming is best known for creating Jonathan's least favorite movie character, (laughs) but he is also the author of What Book?, which was later adapted into a 1968 movie featuring Dick Van Dyke in a quite remarkable vehicle.
0: We are locked in. I can't even see what he's writing, and I already know it's right. We're locked in. (laughs) It's uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang.
2: It's definitely Chitty Chitty Bang Bang.
3: Yeah. It's uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Uh, correct answer is "Chitty Chitty Bang Bang."
2: Also, fan of Heads and Tails. <laughs> oh, for sure, indeed. All right, Chris, fan of Timber. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Amazing. All right, your last question in the round is in wrestling.
2: All right, I'm advantage,
3: Chris. All right, I don't know about that. Hulk Hogan is a wrestling icon. But is widely criticized for stealing his entire gimmick from what superstar who stole his ring name from a world famous orator?
2: Why couldn't it be a Ric Flair question?
3: <laughs> We're locked in. Truth, right. be told, um, truth be told,
5: um, I was more of a warrior guy, but.
2: I have no idea.
5: Can you read it one more time, Ben?
3: Hulk Hogan is a wrestling icon, but is widely criticized for stealing his entire gimmick from what superstar. Who stole his ring name from a world famous orator?
5: We go to it from that orator part.
2: So we got to think of orators that are pretty old.
5: Yeah, somebody that was doing regional stuff in like fifties and sixties time frame.
2: Well, he did say superstar. Yeah. So, but it would be an older superstar. It would be from probably the beginning of wrestling who stole their name from right. a world famous order. So we're probably thinking of people like Winston Churchill or things like that. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of orders.
5: Man, I can't get Jerry Lawler out of my head. Yeah. That's all. I, I don't have anybody else.
1: Mm. It's, I know it's wrong, but.
2: <laughs> okay. Jerry Lawler.
1: All right. Ben, you've been uh, putting some clues in there. This was um, like
0: a Jeopardy stupid, stupid answers category.
1: A little bit. A little bit. 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 had the word superstar in the question. Yeah. And the answer is superstar Billy Graham.
3: All right. Oh. The answer <clears throat> is superstar Billy Graham.
1: Good job, Chris.
3: I wouldn't have no. gotten there. You,
1: did you know that without the superstar part? I would have struggled with it for a
0: good five minutes, but okay. I probably would have gotten
1: there. Never yeah. would have gotten that. Because I, nope. I knew it just from... Uh, all these stupid wrestling things that I watch.
2: Your stories.
5: I was honestly thinking about like evangelists and stuff like that too, and
3: the, uh, so you know I, I watched I, I grew up watching wrestling. My great grandmother was actually a huge wrestling fan, and so I knew Love that that is oh, yeah. so awesome. I knew so I knew about Superstar Billy Graham when she used to watch wrestling all the time. And so there was one night that the evangelist was coming on television to do one of his speeches. It was like, oh, yeah, Billy Graham's coming on tonight. night. I was like, yes, wrestling. <laughs> and I turned on to see Billy Graham and was highly disappointed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, oh, that Billy Graham. That Billy Graham.
3: <laughs> so the wrestler actually changed his, his, he named himself Billy Graham in honor of the real Billy Graham. No kidding. Yep.
0: Okay. I did not know that. They, yeah, that's news to me, too. I hope it's accurate, Ben. <sighs> I hope it is, too.
3: All right. so You uh, better research that crap. <laughs> I did research it. All right, it's Wikipedia, af- though.
0: A- oh, okay. <laughs> That's fair. After the fourth round, 90 to 56,
3: Chris and Jonathan maintain their lead.
2: But we're not at zero. Yay. Hooray.
3: <laughs> All right. Woo-hoo.
2: That's always my goal.
3: Your entire fifth round comes to us from David Raffetto. Thank you, David. Thanks, David. First question is in TV and music.
4: Music.
3: Sinead O'Connor used her 1992 SNL musical performance to protest institutional child abuse. At the end of her performance, she said, fight the real enemy, right after ripping up a photo of what world leader? Got it.
5: Yeah, you you know what it
3: is, right?
2: Yeah, I know what it is.
5: You can lock it in if you want.
2: Yeah, we're going to lock in.
1: Yep. Okay, well, they're locked in, so I can say it. It was Pope John Paul II.
2: Uh, Yes, and actually, like, either a week later or two weeks later, Joe Pesci... Was on, was a host of S N L and he had talked about it. it was definitely John Paul
3: II. Mm-hmm. All right, quick answer: Pope John Paul II. All right, your second question is in advertising.
1: Advertising. <laughs> 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 what?
3: It's just, just, what? It's just what I do. Just, it's just funny. By then, Menon. That's just right. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> In the 1980s, Domino's Pizza used an animated, red-clad, long-eared character in their advertising. What was that character's name? Got it. We're locked in. All right.
2: You, you got to avoid the Noid, man.
3: It's the Noid, yeah. <laughs> All
1: right.
2: He's called the Noid.
1: Man, This uh, these last three questions have just been so geared up for me, it's not even funny. The answer is the Noid.
3: answer is the Noid. Which
0: I wonder if it had anything to do with no ID, like from phone call, checkbacks oh, or something. I've question. always wondered if those are related I to each know.
2: other. People are surprised that I know what annoyed is. I mean...
0: I I know you know what annoyed you is. <laughs> You're annoyed all the time.
3: <laughs> I know I annoy you. I imagine other people do too. You know what too. I
2: mean? Because I'm like, oh, you were a baby. I t- so? It's like how
3: could you is forget Jonathan has such an effect on you? Every time you core you have resting annoyed face now. It's just like.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> oh, that
0: That's that's
3: why we need a video channel for this show. Oh, that's fantastic.
0: Or, I am working on it. There's <laughs> a reason this looks nicer than it did in the past. Awesome.
2: Yeah, I like it.
3: All right, your last question round is in languages.
1: Okay, now it's over for Chris.
3: The Rosetta Stone has three languages inscri- inscribed on it. Name two of the three languages. And for two bonus points, name all three.
1: Um, we're locked in. All right.
5: I have um, Latin, Sanskrit, and Greek.
2: I have hieroglyphics, because mm-hmm. that's the first one, Uh, Greek and Coptic. Okay. Coptic is kind of a Middle Eastern kind of language. It's old. real Do you old. think
5: hieroglyph- hieroglyphs is too vague?
2: It might be, but we can give it and they can ask for more information.
5: Okay. So we want to go with Greek, Coptic, and hieroglyphic?
2: Uh, I want to put Coptic as the bonus part. I'm pretty okay. sure it's Greek and I'm pretty sure it's hieroglyphics. Okay, but I would want Coptic to be the bonus part.
5: Okay, I'm fine with you that. You
2: okay with that? Are you sure?
5: Yeah, I mean, the, the only one I would be I would toss around. I was pretty sure Latin was wrong because that would be too obvious. Uh, that would be they would already have been in that point
2: right. uh,
5: when they were trying to make the um, conversions over. But Sanskrit's still sticking in my crawl a little bit here.
2: Right, I'm trying to remember because they found it in Rosetta.
5: I'm good with your answers. Let's go with those.
2: All right. So we're going to say hieroglyphics, Greek, and, and Coptic.
1: All right. All right. Uh, we wrote uh, Sanskrit, Aramaic, and then for a bonus, Hebrew.
0: I intentionally avoided hieroglyphics because I, I wasn't sure how big it was, but I felt like it was too small for hieroglyphics to fit. And but I that's know that what logic,
2: it was translating. <laughs> I could be <laughs> wrong,
0: but...
3: I I excluded hieroglyphics for that reason. Okay. All right. So your correct answers are hieroglyphics. Of course, it was Greek and Demotic script. Demotic script. Wow, we didn't get any of them. Woo! <laughs> demotic was a precursor to the Coptic. Oh, was a precursor to Coptic.
2: Yay, adjacent to Coptic. Wow, Adjac- <laughs> Coptic adjacent to <laughs> Coptic. Adjacent. <laughs>
0: They you swept guys that swept round. that round. It is 110 to 86. Yes. yes. And Jonathan Much closer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is
3: respectable now. Yeah. Um, your thing about this, the size of the the chunk that was broken off, a lot of it was the hieroglyphics at the top. So the chunk that's missing is a lot of the hieroglyphic stuff. I just, how small, how big were the hieroglyphics? When I think of hieroglyphics, They're, I think they of estimate big. that, no, I'm going off of the picture that I saw, that the original tablet was two to three times. The original size was two to three times what the what that was is what they found. A big sure. chunk of the top broke off. Okay, all right. Uh, your sixth round starts with a question in movies. All right, Chris, here we go. Let's roll. Let's roll. Name the actor or actress to appear in each of these films.
1: Nah. Try bond.
3: Batman versus Superman, The Matrix, and Twenty One. I've seen two and a half
0: of these. <laughs> two and
3: a half. The original The Matrix movie?
5: Or is it the series?
0: It's an important question. I would assume you mean the first movie, because that's
3: the only one that's named The Matrix.
2: Yeah.
3: I'm talking about The, the Matrix. Okay. Oh, I got it.
2: I, I can lock it in it. if
5: you
3: want.
2: No, nah, I want to talk about it.
5: Okay. I'm 100% on it, though.
2: Okay, cool.
1: All right, so. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. 100%. Uh-huh. All right.
2: We're locked in.
5: Yeah. Okay. It's Lawrence Fishburne. Makes sense to me. He's uh, he's definitely Morpheus. He's definitely the old school casino guy in 21 who tries to catch them, and he's definitely the editor in Batman vs. Superman.
2: Yeah. I had written down Pantaleano uh, just because he's a character actor and he's in everything. Uh right. But no, I agree. Lawrence Fishburne.
0: Which one of those movies was he Cowboy Curtis in? <laughs> 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 yes.
2: Awesome.
1: We also wrote Lawrence Fishburne. I answer
0: is the Lawrence Fishburne. I- I'll be honest. I-, I swear I thought you said what actress. And I'm looking at Chris. Chris, I don't even care about the other two movies. The only female in the Matrix is Carrie Ann <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which is not true, not but true. she's the not most famous one. <laughs>
1: I don't. I can't I mean, really remember. There's, there's there was one other
5: female in their team.
2: Yeah, uh,
1: I she can't remember. It. I don't know. What oh, she was that's like right. Yeah, oh, oh, couldn't remember, her remember that name person. Was, what was her name? That girl.
0: Switch. That per- Switch. Switch.
2: Yeah, she was Switch.
0: I haven't seen that in a long time. Because <laughs> it was
2: Apok and Switch. Not that's like right. this. That's
3: right. Not yeah. Like
0: this. That sounds like characters in D-Generation X.
3: <laughs> yeah. APOC and
0: Switch.
2: <laughs> 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 they were named after things.
3: Second question around is none of the Pistons did it. All right, Nate Thurmond, Alvin Robertson, Hakeem Olajuwon, and David Robinson are the only four people in NBA history to do what? I have no idea. I have an idea. Hmm? I have an idea.
2: You have an idea? Okay, cool.
1: We're locked in.
3: All right.
2: What do you got, Matt?
3: Can you read the names one more time for me? Nate Thurmond, Alvin Robertson, Hakeem Olajuwon and David Robinson. Okay,
5: uh, my my gut is to say quadruple doubles um, sure. because because they're they're all big guys, so they have a better chance of being rebounders and also scoring. Assists are the problem that I'm going to have. It's definitely not score triple digits. Right. My gut is say quadruple double.
2: Cool. We're gonna go with that.
1: But yeah, we totally wrote it wrong. Uh,
2: Do you so write totally double quadruples?
0: No, we wrote... No. We wrote that st- would have been awesome. We wrote stupid triple-triple. Triple-triple?
5: Oh, triple-triple <laughs> would have been very impressive. Because it's a
1: triple-double. That's the typical thing yeah. that people are. Yeah, and I looked at it and I said, yep, I agree. And I was just... Again, but once, once Matthew started talking, I was just like, I am a moron. <laughs> So a
0: triple-double is achieving double digits in three of the major scoring categories. So points, assists, rebounds, steals, right? So a quadruple-double, which makes a lot of sense, is doing it in all four. A triple-triple would be having... 100 assists, 100 steals, 100 <laughs> points. Yeah, that's not possible. That would be no. impressive,
2: though. That would be awesome.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, the correct answer. Sometimes you feel like a dunce. <laughs> Sometimes, Sometimes don't. you don't. <laughs> correct answer is quadruple-double. <laughs> nice pattern. job, man. And as you know, as we know from this show, um, Akeem Olajuwon actually did it twice in the same month.
2: That's why I've heard of Akeem Olajuwon.
3: All right, your last question before the final question comes to us from Susie Becker.
2: Thanks, thank,
0: Susie. Thank you, Susie. Out in uh, San Rafael.
2: Ooh, Ooh. fancy. Uh-huh.
3: <laughs>
0: and your <laughs> category—it's
3: in California, dude. <laughs> it's, it's, it's near San Francisco. Oh, <laughs> uh, nice. And your category is science. science.
4: Science. Science.
3: In geology, which of these is the longest? An age, <laughs> an eon an epoch, an era, or a period. Believe, epoch is epic? Is that... E-P-O-C-H. E-P-O-C-H. Yeah. yeah, that's what... That's, yeah, okay. Oh, is, that's how you pronounce it? Okay. Yeah, oh, I thought it was epoch. Yeah, I did too. I'm uh, pretty it positive it's wrong, epic. Wrong
0: I, I don't know, dude. I, I, know. I guess
2: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look it up later.
3: <laughs> can, you, can you go to me again? I'm sorry. An age, an eon, an epoch or epic, an era a period. We're locked in.
2: Jonathan's a better guesser.
1: That's not true. (laughs) He really is. No, you have a more educated guess than I do. I just go, that one looks good. Done.
0: Okay, I'll I'll give you that.
1: (laughs)
5: My initial instinct is to go to Eon.
2: Yeah, I know it's not age.
5: Yeah, it's it's not period either.
2: Yeah, because I know an age in relation to a period is much shorter.
5: Yeah. I know Eon is, is really long.
2: Yeah, it is really long. I don't know how I feel about era and I'm not entirely sure what an epic or an epoch is
5: Yeah, me either. I know I've seen it before.
2: I'm good with Eon. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah, We're going to go with Eon. So
0: we were guessing in my mind, the stuff that I wasn't verbalizing because it wouldn't have mattered. I I feel like I, I felt like period was bigger than the rest of them. But as you guys were talking, I started worrying about um, earth bound times versus space times. So like I believe period is significantly larger than age. I think there's only like three periods Mm -hmm. in earth's history. But then as you're talking like, well, you know what epoch or um, era could be talking about age of the universe as opposed to age of the earth. And then period would be very short compared to those. So that, that totally screws up the logic altogether. Well, he did but, say
2: geologically.
0: Oh, he did say that. Yeah. So I said, I said, we, Chris wanted to go age, and
3: I trumped him and said period. Um, your correct answer is eon.
0: Yes. yes! Wow. Woo! You guys lit ah. fire the second half. So
3: from short as long as it's age, then epoch, then period, then era, then eon.
2: Let me see how you pronounce.
3: Nice. Going into the
0: final, it's 120 to 116. Wow. Chris and Jonathan
3: maintain the lead. Wow! What a comeback, guys! Wow! What a
1: difference the second half makes. You know, it's epic. It's, it's epic. epic. All right, How about that. So you can have an
0: epic, epic, and it could be spelled differently. Yep. Yeah. Welcome it's to a English.
4: homophone. <laughs> homophone. <laughs> All
0: Stupid right. English. What's our final round
3: category? Final round comes to us from Kylie Diggs. Thanks, Thank you, Kylie. Carly. And your category is hashtag winning. (laughs) Oh, great. All right. right, We're locked in.
2: All right. Our wager is locked in.
3: Here's your first question. Hashtag winning. This game show hosted by Vicki Lawrence first aired in 1987 and was essentially a glorified game of Pictionary with celebrities. We're locked in.
2: All right. We are locked in.
3: All right. Second question. This castle in Westeros is the ancestral home of the Starks, though it was briefly and bloodily occupied by the Boltons for a time prior to the Battle of the Bastards.
2: I know this one. Are you okay with me writing it down?
3: Yeah, yeah, you know it. Uh, We're locked in. We're locked in. The apparatus for this sport is usually two and a half to three meters long and is connected to the sail rig by a free rotating universal joint.
1: Uh, We're locked in with a Chris
3: answer, so God help us. We're locked in. So let's read those questions back. This game show, hosted by Vicki Lawrence, first aired in 1987 and was essentially a glorified game of Pictionary with celebrities.
0: So when we answered uh, answered win, lose, or draw, and we think we picked up on possibly a clue about the category title in this.
5: Uh, We also said win, lose, or draw.
3: This castle in Westeros is the ancestral home of the Starks, though it was briefly and bloodily occupied by the Boltons for a time prior to the Battle of the Bastards. Because of the clue that we had, we tried to put wind in the answer and guessed Winchester.
0: Okay.
2: So the Starks live in the north of Westeros, where it's very, very cold, and it is Winterfell.
3: I've heard of that. <laughs> you were right about the wind part, though.
2: Yes, yes, you did get the wind part.
3: All right. And the third question, the apparatus for this sport is usually two and a half to three meters long and is connected to the sail rig by a free rotating universal joint.
0: We said we we (laughs) talked about we talked about sailboats and we talked about surfboards. And we talked about what might connect the two. And we came up with wind jamming. Okay.
2: Okay. Uh, Matt, you said.
0: I said wind surfing.
3: It sounded a lot better than wind jamming, by the way. <laughs> yep. All right. So the Vicky Lawrence game show we're looking for is Win, Lose or Draw,
0: which, by the way, Pictionary, totally televised, totally, totally good television game.
3: Oh yeah, it's a, a good ver- show. Very good show. Uh, the castle in Westeros we're looking for is Winterfell. Boo. Yay. And the apparatus for the sport that we're looking for, the sport is wind surfing. Yes.
2: yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Where's that show? laughs> Yes! Come from behind victory!
0: Uh, (laughs) The comeback is complete. complete.
1: Wow. Ages. (laughs) Comeback for the ages. Wow.
0: That was.
2: Would not have gotten windsurfing. So thank you very ah. much. (laughs) That was.
0: So well done. I'm so impressed with that comeback. I mean, I'm really impressed with that comeback, guys. Great job. I don't
1: know know what to say. We lost. That's what we (laughs) said. I I can't even be mad about
0: it. They beat us. We should
2: probably give our wagers, though.
1: Well... It's a moot point. It, yeah, did you bet more than one point? We did. Then you won. We went zero. We
2: went zero. We went with seven. We wanted to cover you if you bet three.
0: Final wow. score is one twenty three to one twenty. Yes. Carmella yeah. and Matt Stevens <laughs> are the winners. Good wow. wow.
1: I didn't. I, wow. Wow. I did Not see that coming, man.
0: At all. Mack truck.
1: <laughs> they missed one question throughout triple, the season. Triple half. for the How win. You,
0: after the midpoint, you had 36 <laughs> points. You finished with 123 and you only bet seven.
2: 116. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. 116, 116 before, 116 this, before yeah.
5: the. you finished with 123. Oh, okay. Only I thought bet seven. you meant at the end of the
0: sixth right, right. round. Yeah. That's Sorry. incredible.
1: That's just great. Well, no, but because you got job. all three of the uh, gauntlet done, answered correctly also. You missed <laughs> yeah. one after halftime. Yep. Wow. One. Wow.
0: Right. Uh, Matt, do you have time to stick around while we read a couple of reviews? All right. Absolutely. Yep.
5: I'm, I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing right now.
2: Whew. Slow start. It's okay. We're slow starters. It's you perfectly fine. You guys off
3: looking so good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened? The midpoint was right around the time that Matt was fully awake.
2: That's what
3: happened. <laughs> I'm Probably super accurate. Yeah, he, <laughs> that's when he had up. that
2: second cup of coffee. He's like, all right, look, we're good.
0: <laughs> I did
2: refill my coffee. I finished that my, my was coffee a long time was. ago.
0: <laughs> all right. First review is like Word Rioter. Simply the best. My favorite does. trivia podcast, Good Job Brain, has been on hiatus. Oh, this is written in December. The Good Job Brain fans were suggesting other ones to try. This one was mentioned most often, and I'm totally hooked. I've been binge listening for the past two weeks. In fact, I've listened all night long several times now. I enjoy the wide range of topics, and as a woman, I'm especially pleased how the woman players are true equals on the show. In an early segment of the show, around twenty or so. A male guest, probably about my age, kept making stereotypical, somewhat misogynistic comments to Carmella. Jonathan and Chris smacked that nonsense down lickety-split and more than once. The pop culture TV and music questions are killers for me. Nothing is so satisfying, though, in knowing things the youngsters don't. Usually geography (laughs) and history items. I've consumed trivia for many, many years. Don't even remember how I got started. Thank you very much, Word Rioter. Thank you. Thank you. BJNNC. I recently got into pub trivia and found this podcast soon after. I appreciate the questions are well-researched around a wide variety of topics. The show has somehow inspired me to memorize all of the presidents and U.S. constitutional amendments in order. Damn. Not sure if that's a positive <laughs> wow. outcome. I enjoy the player. I enjoy that the players, especially Jonathan, talk out their answers. It's enjoyable to see how another's trivial mind works and encourages me to talk out my answers when I play trivia. I love the compassion of Chris. He's a good egg. I bet he's a great neighbor. Chris would be the best neighbor. Oh, my God. We'll have
2: to ask his neighbors.
0: Actually, they're probably not. Do you know your neighbors? I know my neighbors. Yeah, yeah. Of course you do. I don't know mine.
2: My... <laughs> he's a good neighbor. He's a, good, he's a good, good neighbor. Thank you. Don't like you like Mr. Neighbor. Rogers
0: did well with you. <laughs> I'm clearly on team Chris. Ben is a good addition. Great attitude and voice. And I love that Carmela is strong enough to take on Jonathan when he gets too competitive or pushy. The quote-unquote conflicts between Jonathan and the other two provide compelling banter and sometimes drama. I love Jonathan's commitment to excellence in the performance of the podcast. It's fun to play along and try and beat the host by keeping score at home. The Trivial Warfare Army Facebook group is a great place to hone your skills at answering and writing trivia questions. Support the efforts of these folks. Peace to you all. Hashtag. Team Chris.
1: woohoo! Thank you very much. Awesome. It's That's, nice. Be right there. That's it's, really been a while. it's been a while since I've heard one of those. That
0: was an Epoch review right there.
1: <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was awesome.
0: All right, and now it is time to do our promotions in the Trivial Warfare Army. I made a big announcement on the Facebook group this week. I'm not going to go into all the details right now, so I will be releasing that announcement for everyone who's not in the group on Tuesday on this feed, so everyone will be able to hear it. And that announcement had something to do with why uh, we had a number of people sign up this week. So I think it's awesome. And uh, let's start with Steve Homer. Steve Homer is a new lieutenant in the Trivial Warfare Army. Thank you, Steve. Mark Roach has promoted himself from major to lieutenant colonel. Thank you, Mark. That's awesome. Luke Dyson joined us as a sergeant and then immediately promoted himself to lieutenant. Thank you, Luke. That's fantastic. Emily Vera has joined us as a new major. Welcome, Emily, and thank you. Michael Surlis just moved from California to Iowa, and now he's a lieutenant in the Trivial Warfare Army. Thank you, Michael. Adrian Jugdoyal has joined us as a new lieutenant in the Trivial Warfare Army. Thank you, Adrian. I just hope I came close to pronouncing your last name right. I did try. Uh, Eric Lindsay has promoted himself from Captain to Lieutenant Colonel. Thank you so much, Eric. Liz Weeks has promoted herself from Major to Lieutenant Colonel. Thank you, Liz. Robert Van Calker has promoted himself from Sergeant to Lieutenant. Thank you, Robert. And last but not least, Adam Holquist has joined us as a new Captain in the Trivial Warfare Army. Thank you so much, Adam. You guys know Trivial Warfare is a fully independent show. And these awesome people are helping to support it and grow it. And we truly, truly appreciate it. If you want to be like them, all you have to do is go to TrivialWarfareArmy.com and uh, take a look at the rewards on the right-hand
1: side and pick a tier that you want to sign up at. All right, so Matt, now's your time, your time to shine. So why don't you go ahead and do your shout-outs and uh, say what you want to say.
5: I want to thank you guys very much for having me on, and also the the ability to... Have had the chance before this to be a part of the show uh, when Jonathan reached out to me to write the uh, Warming Up Crisp song. Thank you that very was, much
2: for doing yeah, this.
5: Yeah. Oh. And- Honestly, I tell the story over and over again because I'm such a big fan of the podcast. I thought for sure he was sending this out to like 20, 30 people, and everybody was going to send stuff back. And because it started out being just a message on the on the Facebook page, mm-hmm. I, I spent, it took me like a week to come up with like the you know how I wanted to do it or whatever. The other thing I'd like to say quickly is uh, please uh, support your local musicians. Pay the five, ten bucks to go see a local band. It really means the world to the people like me who have wanted to be musician their whole lives and are making it happen. It's a steady hustle, and, and we really appreciate all the support that anybody can come out and give us.
2: Agreed.
0: Fantastic. Awesome. All right, well, that's going to wrap us up. I think we should wrap up with a Ric Flair woo today. <laughs> okay. All right, so for Matt, for Carmela, for Ben, and for Chris, I'm Jonathan, and this has been another episode of Trivial Warfare, where it's not just trivia, it's war. Woo! Thank you for listening to Trivial Warfare. To learn more about the show and become a warhead yourself, visit TrivialWarfare.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or in any other good podcast app. And find us on Facebook or Twitter by searching Trivial Warfare. Warm It Up was written and performed by Matthew Stevens. This episode was edited and produced by me, Joel Sharpton. If you need help with your podcast, find it at propodcastingservices.com.
2: All by myself. Don't want to be all by myself. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever rule. Two can be as bad as one. It's the loneliest number since the number one. Ah.
0: By the way, pepperoni and mushroom and pepperoni and sausage—okay for you guys? Perfect for me. Sounds
5: great.
4: (laughs) I'll be right there. (laughs) Pizza's in the mail.
2: (laughs) Stop it, Carmela. What's the longest rock? No.
1: An age. An age. Dwayne Johnson. Okay.
3: I'm not making that joke. Which which <laughs> <laughs> The Scorpion King got a tiny ding a <laughs> what? what? That was from a clip, Eddie. That was a segment that he did with the hurricane. Right when he came back the and he was a heel. Who's the hurricane? Um a, a very Shane bad Helms. wrestler. Oh, this is a wrestling this bit. This is a wrestling bit that he did. Oh, Remember,
2: oh. before he was Dwayne Johnson, he was The Rock, a <laughs> yeah, famous I, I, wrestler who smelled <laughs> what everyone was cooking.
0: <laughs> no, everyone smelled what he was He cooking. had an amazing nose. Uh, no,
2: I, I thought this was like a
3: Cat Williams oh, no, kind no. of
0: thing. That's what I was hearing from
3: you. There. No, no, this is, this is a hilarious clip.
2: You should watch, uh, there's this group called Two Cellos, and they do a cover. Oh, yeah of Thunderstruck. Yeah. It's like, amazing. That's
0: good. It's very good. <laughs> uh, I have a friend, a podcaster, Dave Jackson, who does a school of podcasting mm. and he got, he gets, he's a hall of famer and he gets advertisements and, and uh, solicitations from all kinds of things. And his show is called School of Podcasting, and he got somebody trying to sell him school uniforms. <laughs> that's amazing. So everybody's like, You have to do this. And I immediately gave him an ACDC Angus Young Schoolboy. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Because uh, Dave is a guitarist, he's a rock and roll guitarist yeah. uh, historically. And so it was just like, You have to do this. <laughs>
2: that's funny.
0: Uh, and so for me, it was Bip and Bop. No. So for me, it was Bip and Bap. You ever heard of Bap? You ever heard of Bippenbap? It's hard to say. Uh, it's a Korean beef. It's a Korean dish. This was Korean beef Bippenbap. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs>